Hey, this is Pastor Devin. Thanks so much for joining us. I pray that this message is an encouragement to your life today. Hey, you know that we always have the guys at Riverbend and Berry in the Tennessee Prison for Women. I want to give a special shout out to a couple guys that are serving overseas that aren't able to be with family this, this year, but are our family serving and in the military, Dakota Scobie and Jesse Ambrose. They're part of our family, so let's give them a welcome. Guys, we love you. Thanks for serving. It's awesome. Awesome that you guys are serving in such a selfless way, and we'll look forward to welcoming you back home when you get here. You know, when we started uh, this church four years ago, one of the things that we were committed to was to not just create services for church people. And uh, of course, we want you to enjoy them. But more than that, we we wanted to create a a pathway, what I like to call a, a spiritual journey. And I personally believe that all of us are on a spiritual journey. And whether you believe that or not, you are. Uh, We were all made in the likeness of God. You have a spirit man inside of you that is always in search of the more of life. (laughs) The more that is only found in God through a relationship with Christ. Your spirit is always in search of the meaning of life. And your life, listen to me, your life will never ever find its truest meaning. Until and unless you involve God in the process through a relationship with Jesus Christ, he is the only one that can fulfill you because he's the one that created you. So instead of just creating services where, yes, you can hear great music, and weren't those dancers amazing, and, uh, and, and, and hear a, a decent message, I think it's important for us to have a clear pathway, to, to understand that we can get to where we are, to where God wants us to be. And if you're here this morning and you are looking for more, we really started this church with the idea that there were scores of people, yes, scores of people even sitting in church services, wondering and thinking and asking the question, is this all there is? Is there more to this God thing? Is there more to this Christianity thing? Is there more to this relationship with Jesus? There's got to be more to this life, and there is. And if you are on that seeking that journey. And if you find yourself somewhat frustrated, looking for the more of life, we just welcome you and we honor you this morning by your presence, first time guests and those that are visiting from out of town, we would welcome you to go on the journey with us, which is why we're not just committed to to providing services, but creating environments, environments where you just don't feel drawn in, but environments that welcome the presence of God. Environments that make home for the spirit of God. We want to create an experience for people to encounter his presence and his word in such a way that it becomes a catalyst for transformation to be happening in their lives. Psalm 22 verse 3 says that God inhabits the praises of his people. I think we've sensed that here even this, this morning In other words, when people gather together in his name, he joins us in the gathering. And yes, he's always with us, but there's something very powerful, something very special and unique when we gather together with the sole purpose of lifting up and honoring the name of Jesus, which means that we then have a greater sense of his presence, of his nearness, of his closeness, that he's present and close to us. There are some of my favorite moments as a Christian is to recognize and sense the presence of God. Praising God's name ushers in his presence, even into the darkest moments of our lives. 
to sense and know that he is with you. And I, I want you to know that's exactly what we want to experience today. It's what we're hoping you experience because with his presence comes his character. All of his love, all of his peace, all of his joy, all of his life, his truth, his security, all of his freedom, all of his faithfulness comes as his presence comes right where we are. No matter where you're at this morning, no matter what you're going through, to to sense and know that he's closer. I really hope that in in a song or maybe even in some laughter this morning or even in this message or during our worship time that you for just one second would sense and know that God is near to you this morning, that he's close, that his presence is here. And I want that for you because I have the opportunity to to watch people and to, to walk with people that are going through very difficult times. And it seems to be that the difficult times are increasing It seems like people are experiencing more and more darkness. It it wouldn't take much of an argument to to think that we could present a pretty strong case that there is more darkness on the earth and people have more reason to be discouraged than ever before. And with all of that darkness going on, we have moments like today where we sense his presence and and with his presence, we, we have hope. In the middle of all of our uncertainty, in the middle of our our darkness, a few months ago, our creative team and our worship team decided that this year as a theme, it would be all about the light of Christmas, That, that it would all be about the light coming to us in the middle of our darkness, that it would all be about Jesus, the light of the world, not just 2,000 years ago, but for us today, the light of the world coming to us. And so when we decided that, Christmas would be the theme around the light of the world, Jesus Christ. I went to work on trying to study as best I could on all that scripture has to say about light. Maybe you noticed a recurring theme in our soap guides this week. If you're a visitor or a guest, we have what we call our soap guides. It's scripture, observation, application, and prayer. And we read through portions of scripture during the week, and it leads up to our our weekends. And maybe you sensed a theme or or recognized a theme in the middle of your reading this week. And as you begin to study light and darkness, you could arguably say that it is, if not a major theme, the major theme of the Bible, light and darkness. You know, there are certain things that you have to do when studying scripture. In school, they call it hermeneutics and how to study and to interpret the Bible. There's different approaches to to hermeneutics. There's trajectory hermeneutics and redemptive movement hermeneutics. And it's obviously the cultural contextual interpretation and awareness and the the grammatical historical context that's needed as we interpret the Bible and and all of these different ways of studying the Bible. And that being said, there are these principles or these, these laws, if you will, when it comes to accurately studying uh, the scripture. And one of those laws is what they call the law of first mention. The law of first mention. And the law of first mention says that if you want the, the purest meaning of any topic in the Bible, you pick any topic in the Bible, and, and the law of first mention says that if you want the purest meaning of that topic, you go to the first place that it is mentioned in, in scripture. Now, if that principle is true, then let's go to the very first words of the Bible A lot of you know what they are, even if you don't go to church. Genesis chapter one says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. 
And the earth was formless and empty and darkness was over the surface of the water. Now, let me just stop right there and say this. God was partly motivated to create by the presence of darkness. He sees the darkness and he can't help but respond. The darkness is actually what puts God into action. And yet his spirit is still hovering over the waters. And then verse three, we all know it. Say it out loud. And God said, let there be light. And I love it. There's no hesitation. And there was light. God looks at the darkness and he basically says something has to change. To which some of you may be thinking, I don't know, Devin, you're kind of stretching this, that whole first mention thing. I think it was just like the sun and just kind of doing some stuff. Which might be a decent argument if the theme didn't run throughout the rest of the entire book. And continue throughout the book. The Bible keeps talking about light and darkness. Hundreds of years before the birth of Christ, Isaiah 9, we read a portion of it earlier in that same chapter. Look what it says, verse 2. And the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of darkness, a light has dawned. What is the light? He goes on to say, for unto us, a child is born. A son is given. The government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called, not wonderful, wonderful counselor. Don't put the comma there, please. It's just, it's just grammatical stuff, but it just bothers me. I'm OCD. It's okay. Wonderful counselor. He's, how many know he's a wonderful counselor? He's a mighty God. He's an everlasting father, and he brings peace. He brings light into our darkness. All throughout scripture, you see this theme of light and darkness. Paul said that God lives in unapproachable light in 1 Timothy chapter 6. And James says that God is the father of lights. John, in his epistle in 1 John, look what he says in chapter 1. He says, this is the message that we heard from Jesus. And we now declare to you, and I declare it to you this morning, God is light. There is no darkness in him at all. In fact, when Jesus was walking on this earth, he would say about his own life in John chapter 12, he, he would say about himself, I have come as a light to shine in the dark world so that all who put their trust in me would no longer have to walk and remain in their darkness. So let me put it in context for us today. This is what Christmas is all about. The, the reason there's even a Christmas is because Jesus comes and says, I'm the light to your darkness. I'm the light to your wandering. I'm the hope to your hopelessness. The reason we're even here celebrating about the presence of God through his son Jesus is because he was motivated by the darkness that he saw on this earth and he said, I can't help but respond to that. I'm sending my son light to your darkness. And he didn't just come to be a baby in a manger. He didn't just come to give us a holiday to celebrate. He came to bring some light. Listen to me on Christmas. He came to bring light to your darkness today. It's the theme of the Bible. So I think there's a few things that we need to know about light today. Light serves as a reference point. Isn't it amazing what a little light can do? Just, just a little bit of light. Ashley and I have been wonderfully married for 22 years. That's by the grace of God because she puts up with me. We have, yeah, amen. Yeah. Somebody knows me and somebody knows Ashley. Yeah, that's right. And we have four beautiful blessings, and I'm usually the one that gets to put them. I'm usually the one that wakes them up and puts them to bed at night. And for you parents, you know, you know that moment. 
you've done all of the routine, you, you've, you've sung the song, maybe you've sung it again, and you've tucked them in, and it's, okay, good night, buddy. And there's that horrifying moment when you turn off the lights. And all you have to do is walk over to a little low wattage bulb with a cheap little plastic cover on it and flick the switch. And just a little bit of light scares all the monsters away. (laughs) And everyone is safe again. Isn't it amazing what a little bit of light can do? How how many, in fact, how many many adults are willing to admit that you still sleep with the nightlight on? Oh, there's there's all my people out there. That's right. I actually prefer it as dark as possible. I usually find any light possible in the room and I'm covering it up with like socks and just t-shirts. I'm, I want to like sleep in a cave, dark and cold. That's how I want it. Anybody else like that for me? That's, that's what I, that's all the same people in the house. That's great. Dark and cold. Maybe some of you uh, still sleep with a nightlight on. Maybe some of you men still sleep with a nightlight on, not because you're scared, but because you're over 50 and you have to get up in the middle of the night. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's amazing what a little bit of light can do. I have a uh, terrible sense of direction. Uh, I can take two turns and be completely lost. I get turned around pretty easily. Ashley and I have this running joke. If I come to an intersection and I guess which way I'm supposed to turn, inevitably, I promise you, inevitably, it is the wrong way. It is always the wrong way. The wrong direction is crazy. I have just this uncanny ability to choose the wrong direction to go. And when we first got married, this is before nav and GPS and iPhones, I would get lost all the time around town and I would call her and I'd say, honey, I'm lost. And she'd say, where are you at? And I said, I'm, I'm lost. I tell you, if I knew where I was at, I wouldn't be lost. And, uh, and uh, Ashley doesn't know any street name in the entire city of Nashville. I don't know if you guys can relate to this. She knows no street names, but she knows landmarks. She, knows, she can't tell you what street to turn on, but she tells me what. So she said, well, look around. What, what is around you? I go, oh, there's a Krispy Kreme here on my left. There's a bank up here. There's a church up here. Oh, she goes, I know exactly where you're at. You need to go up here and turn left next to the, and she gave me another landmark, you know. You know, it's interesting. She, she, she knew how to get me home, but she couldn't get me home until we established where I was. And until you are willing to recognize where you are, and you, until you are willing to get honest with where your life really is, listen to me, you cannot get home. Until you're willing to, to get honest with the reality of the darkness of your life, even Jesus can't get you home until you're willing to recognize I'm lost without you. I can continue to be lost and try to find my, my way, but until you're willing to say, I'm so tired of the darkness, this is where I'm at. He goes, oh, now I know exactly where you are. Come on back home. I can get you home now. You see, light serves as a point of reference for ourselves. When, when we're disoriented by the darkness, when, when darkness so disorients us that we don't know which way to turn, It's hard to know which way to turn. Light serves as a point of of direction. It's a reference point. It's something to follow when when we're lost and wandering. Psalm 119, your word, it is a lamp to guide my feet. It's a light. It's a reference point for my path. And then he goes on to say, and your word, listen to me, because every time you, you experience light, You have a source of hope in your life because your word, it is a source of hope and light and life to me. It's a reference point 
those that chose to celebrate Christmas in the middle of winter, when they decided that, they, they, they chose to celebrate it during the darkest time of year. The winter solstice, just a couple days ago, we, we celebrated the darkest day of the year, December 21st. It's the, the longest night and the shortest day. And it's during the darkest season on the calendar that Christmas is here to remind us. It's a reference point that Christmas is all about God seeing the darkness of our lives and responding by sending the light of the world, Jesus. He sends his son and the light of the world, the word of God becomes flesh and it becomes a source of hope and life and encouragement to us. Aren't you thankful for that this morning? So the second thing we need to recognize about light is that light reveals what's in the darkness. It not only serves as a a reference point for us, but it reveals what is hidden. You see, light changes everything. In fact, lighting changes everything. Light light impacts mood and ambiance and vibe and atmosphere. It's like when, when Ashley and I go out to a romantic dinner... And, and I want it to be just right. Lighting is crucial. First of all, because I look better in dim lighting. That's, that's important. Because <laughs> when I go to a restaurant, I'm not just expecting great food. That's what they do. It should be good. That's their business. What I'm looking for is environment. I'm looking for atmosphere. I'm looking for a place that sets the mood, decor, aesthetic, ambiance, lighting, because you, you can have all the good food in the world, but, but the wrong lighting, it just doesn't feel right. I remember the first time I walked into this auditorium, all of the fluorescents were on. It was just blaring white light. And I remember thinking how sterile it felt, how cold and unwelcoming it felt. Uh, the, the floors were less than clean. Um, the chair, you can see all of the, the chairs that were missing seats and beat up. And you can see every blemish, every flaw, every issue in the room. Simply because all of the lights were, were turned on to their maximum capacity. You, you saw the room for what it really was. Why? Because darkness has a way of concealing things while light has a way of revealing things. And the truth is, that's the unfortunate reality of what a lot of our lives look like. We're always trying to get the right lighting with people. We live in darker places, living in the shadows, trying to hide the blemishes and the flaws and the shortcomings and the habits and the issues. And so when people meet us, they don't actually meet the actual self. They they meet a projected self. They, they, they meet a protected self. And, And they don't get to actually see us with all of the lights on. They, they meet the person that's living and hiding where the lighting is dim. Adam and Eve, when they fell from grace, they, they ran away and hid, the Bible says, in their shame. Trying to cover up and to conceal. They sought the shadows, living in the darkness. And God comes, as he always did throughout the day, saying, Adam, where are you? And Adam says, we're, we're hiding. Which is exactly what a lot of us try to do. When we're away from God, when we're not in relationship with him, we hide and conceal and we keep ourselves busy hoping that no one sees the real cracks and the blemishes of our lives. And we wonder why our relationships are so superficial and surfacy. 
here's what you need to understand. If, if you're going to have a relationship with Jesus, you're going to have to step out of the darkness and into the light, and you're going to have to allow him to expose the things that you've been hiding. Very simply put, light reveals and darkness conceals. And what stays in the darkness actually grows in its power over you until you bring it into the light and it lessens in its power over you. God is light. Every relationship I have going forward and upward are those that are coming into the light. And every relationship that I have, coworker, classmate, spouse, children, as it starts to move to the darkness, that relationship always goes sideways. So let me say it this way. Relationships die in the darkness, but they thrive in the light. Every relationship that you have that is thriving are the ones that are moving towards the light. Darkness prohibits relationship and light facilitates it. And Jesus comes. Jesus comes in all of his fullness, in all of his light to establish relationship, fellowship with you and me. He didn't just come for a one-off experience once a week. So that you could live in darkness Monday through Saturday? That's religion. Having having no impact on your everyday life, but marking it off your list. No, Jesus came so that you and I could walk with him in the light. 1 John chapter 1. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, look what happens. We not only now have fellowship with him, but now we have fellowship with one another. And he's able to do a cleansing that he otherwise wasn't able to do. It's in the light that the cleansing happens. A restored relationship with God always produces a right relationship with other people. The two can't be separated. A a true Christian cannot profess to love God and then not pursue authentic, transparent, enduring relationships with other people. Relationships thrive in the light and they die in darkness. We, we are supposed to have fellowship. So now, let me say it a different way. We're supposed to have agreement. So now we have agreement. We agree about God. We agree about family. Yes, we even agree about sin. We agree about accountability. And we have fellowship with one another when we walk toward the light. A restored relationship with God always produces a right relationship with other people. The relationships that are thriving in your life are the ones that are moving toward the light. If you only have relationship with people that are only giving their projected self rather than their actual self, you are limiting the types of relationships that you're going to have. Now, here's the challenge. Not everyone likes the light. You know, it's challenging as Christians, isn't it? Because we get around some people and they're like, turn that light off. Do you have to shine that so bright? It's one of the hard parts about being a Christian. We're supposed to shine a light in in the darkness and sometimes the reaction that we get isn't always good. Shining a light into the darkness is not always accepted with open arms. People don't always appreciate the darkness being shown on by the light of Christ. John chapter three, verse 19 says, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, not just through Christ, but now Christ living in you. But people love the darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil, not wanting to be seen for who we really are. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be, here it is, exposed. 
But whoever lives by the truth, so light and truth are synonymous. Whoever lives in the light by the truth comes into the light so that now they can be seen plainly. And here's what I love. It's not anything that I've done, but it's everything that's been done in and through the person of Christ in the sight of God, in the light. Light reveals, darkness conceals. Light serves as a reference point. It guides and it leads us. And finally, light shines brightest where it is darkest. You say, Devin, I thought we were talking about Christmas today. I mean, I, I was waiting for the nativity and I'm going to show it to you in the Bible in a place that you might not go to if you wanted to read the Christmas story. You see, we have what we call the, the four gospels. There are four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And they, they all tell one story, the life of, of Jesus. And traditionally, we would say that the first and the third book, Matthew and Luke, tell the Christmas story. And we would traditionally say that the second and the fourth gospel, John and Mark, start their account of Jesus as an adult. But I want us to see really clearly today that that John does not start his account as Jesus as an adult. John chapter 1 says this, in the beginning was the word, Jesus And the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. So John doesn't start actually with the birth of Christ. He tells us that Jesus was there long before Christmas. He was there at the creation account with God the Father. Jesus was there in the very beginning. And then in the next two verses, John gives his account of the Christmas story. Verse four, he says, and in him, Jesus was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. You say, Devin, that's not the Christmas story. Oh, yes, it is. It might not have shepherds and mangers and camels and all that stuff, but the other two gospels, Matthew and and Luke, they give the details of the birth of Christ, but John gives the significance of the birth of Christ. And I'm here to tell you, that's why he came, friend. He came because no matter where you are, myself included, he, he still wants to bring light into the dark places of your life. All of us have dark moments. Maybe you would even say that you have reoccurring darkness in your life. Maybe like me, you have an area of your life that, that needs the light of Christ. Maybe you're here this morning and you would, you would say that you've had a, a darker than normal Christmas season. Maybe you're here and you would say that you're carrying some things that, that need the light of Christ. Maybe you feel a little out of sorts this Christmas season. And maybe like me, you've discovered that the more you try to handle it, the darker it becomes. And maybe like me, you would relate that the more you let go of, the more light and hope comes. You see, we all experience darkness. All of us have experienced darkness in our lives, darkness in our marriage, with our kids, in our jobs, at school. You you can experience darkness in your emotions, in in your thoughts, in, in your soul. Boy, that's a darkness, isn't it? You've got something going on inside of you that you can't even explain. It just feels 
dark. It just feels hopeless. Maybe there's a a sadness and a desperation for you this Christmas season. And the worst type of darkness that you can have is what I call spiritual darkness. Spiritual darkness is when you do what everybody does, and that's sin, and yet choose to carry it on your own. And you actually don't have to. I sin just like everyone else does. But I have a place that I can go with that sin. And that place is found in the person of Jesus. And he not only forgives me, but he cleanses me because the cleansing is found in the confessing. And the freedom and the fellowship is found as we walk towards the light. I want you to hear this. There's nothing, there's nothing darker, in my opinion, than carrying the weight of your own life that you don't have to be carrying. The shame, the guilt, the discouragement, the disappointment, the hopelessness. Desmond Tutu, the well-known South African theologian, pastor, activist, Nobel Peace Prize winner, he says this, hope is being able to see that there is light despite all of the darkness. There's a story in the Bible that talks about light and darkness that I think a lot of people miss. It's a familiar story. In fact, people that don't even go to church, they they would know a familiar phrase from the story. It's a story where religious people bring a woman to Jesus that's been caught in the act of adultery. And they really did it to try to, to trick Jesus. They're basically saying that according to the law, Jesus, she's been found committing this sin and according to the law, we, we have to stone her. And they thought, well, we've, we've really got Jesus now because if he, if he doesn't stone her, then he's breaking the law. But if he chooses to do that, then he's sentenced someone to death. We've got him now. And then Jesus, of course, responds with the famous line that all of us know, let him who has no sin cast the first stone. We're very familiar with the story. And all of the religious people went, oh man, he got us again. <laughs> they all walk away one by one, dropping their stones. No one's left. And Jesus looks at the woman and goes, hey, where, where are your accusers? And she looks around to which no more accusers are there. She said, there's no one left. And he says, neither, neither do I accuse you. Now go, sin no more and go live the life that I always wanted you to live. Let me show you a better way to live. And her life was completely changed that day. Now, we've all heard that story probably, and I've preached it, I don't know how many times. We read it in our soap guides this week, but we often stop when Jesus says, go and sin no more. Verse one through 11, you can go read it tonight, just 11 short verses. But the very next verse, verse 12 of John chapter eight, look what it says. And Jesus turns to the remaining crowd and speaks to them one more time. And listen how Jesus encapsulates what they've just seen. He looks at them and says, I'm the light of the world. If you follow me, you don't have to walk in darkness anymore because you have the light that leads to life. Jesus basically looks at everyone remaining in the crowd, not the accusers, but those just looking on and watching what's just happened. And he says, you see what I did in her? Hear me, hear me on this Christmas. He says, you see what I did in her? You can have the same light in you. I can do it in you too. I've got light for your darkness. I have light for your emotions. I have light for your health. I have light for your marriage. I have light for your finances. I have light for you today. Hear me. Hear me on this Christmas. God has light for whatever area of your life seems dark. That's why he came. Say, Devin, 
you make it sound so stinking easy. Is it really that easy? Kind of. Because some of you are sitting in, in the middle of darkness. In fact, some of you would be honest enough to say that right now may be the, the darkest moment of your life. And you're sitting in the middle of it. You're going to hear this story and you're going to experience the presence of God. and You're going to know that the person speaking to you is speaking truth. And, and you're going to leave here with spiritual darkness still in your life. Whether it's because you're too scared or embarrassed or you've just been hurt, whatever it is, you'll make the choice to do nothing about it. People in the middle of their darkness, although they see light, often go, hmm, I'll, I'll do that later. And I'm, I'm begging you. Christmas 2018, I'm begging you to do the first words that were ever spoken by God. I'm begging you to let there be light. And there was light. You see, the key word in that phrase is let. You've got to let it. You know what the word let means? I've done the hard work for you, don't worry. I went to Webster's Dictionary online, of course, not the real book. And definition number four of the word let, I had, I had a moment in my office when I read the fourth definition of the word let. It means this, to permit to enter. <laughs> I, mean, I, I was like, Webster's preaching up in my office. My goodness, Webster. I, I amen Webster right there at my desk. I thought, amen, brother. Yeah, I want you to look right here. Some of you, all you have to do to get out of your darkness is to permit him to come in. <laughs> and it's why he came. Now, it really is that easy. It's not resisting. Let me say it this way. Don't, don't just celebrate Christmas. Experience it for yourself. Don't just read about it. Experience the significance of Christ's coming. Light into your life. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness. I'm telling you, it's the major theme of the Bible. He made his light shine in our hearts. Why? To give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory. Where's that found? Displayed in the manger, in the face of Christ. And if you do that, this verse becomes your testimony. Ephesians chapter 5. For once you were full of darkness. But now you have light from the Lord. Why? Because you let it. You allowed it. You permitted it. So live as people of light. And if you do, this light will produce something in you. What is good and right and, and true. I, uh, maybe we could... Let's, let's just kill all the lights in the room if we could. You see, darkness is, is kind of disorienting, isn't it? It's, you have to kind of get your bearings about you. 
Isn't it amazing what a little light can do? Isn't it amazing that in your darkest moments, light becomes a reference point? (laughs) It, It leads you. It guides you. Give me the lights back, if you will, please. Light. Isn't it amazing what a little light can do? In the middle of your darkness. But it has the potential to do absolutely nothing if you don't let it. You, you've got to let there be light. This Christmas, let there be light, friend, and there will be light. Jesus, the light of the world, he comes. The word becomes flesh and in him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. And that light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot, will not overcome it. I don't know what darkness you're facing this Christmas in your emotions, in your family, in your marriage, in your finances, in your job, in your future. I don't know what seems dark for you this year. But light, listen to me, light shines brightest where it is darkest. And it can do more. Listen, it can do more than you could ever know if you will let it, let it shine. Walk towards the light this Christmas and you will experience real fellowship, real relationship with the one, the light of the world, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Amen. Let me pray for you this morning. God, Take the darkest parts of our lives today, God. When every head bowed, every eye closed, I want you to just reflect on your own life. God, we we invite you to bring the light of Christmas, Jesus, into our lives. And Lord, we, we commit that we won't resist the light. May we choose to let there be light. May we permit your light to enter our dark world. May, may there not be any area of our lives that, that's off limits to the light of your son. May we allow your light to reveal what maybe has been hidden, to reveal what's had control over us to reveal what's had power over us. May we seek your light as a reference point for our lives, your word. If you're here this morning and you recognize that there's darkness in your life that needs the light of Christ, can I tell you there's no better time to invite him than as you celebrate the real reason why he came and that is to bring light to your world you hear this morning, you say, Devin, I'm recognizing that there are some dark places in my life that I need to invite the light of Christ into. Would you just raise your hand this morning? I want to pray with you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on. Come on, let's be on. Let's invite the light of Christ into our lives this Christmas. Invite him in. And right there, right there where you're sitting, you just pray a prayer, something like this. You have your own words, but just say, Jesus, I need you. My, my life is so dark. I, I, I need your light in me. I, I know 
I know that's why you came. And it's only your light that produces what is good and pure and true and right in me. So I want to tell them, I permit you to enter. Let, I let light come into my life. I invite you. I permit you. Take your rightful place on the throne of my heart, Jesus. I give you my life. Come on, don't change me. Transform me. Shine in me. Shine through me. Jesus, the light of the world. Oh, Jesus, there's no one like you. We just all across this place, would you just, as an act of gratitude, as an act of thankfulness, would you just, if you feel comfortable, just extend your hands and say, God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, as a light. Oh, isn't he wonderful? Isn't he lovely and kind and true? And there's freedom and hope. His presence brings his nature, the love of Christ, the peace of Christ, the joy of Christ this Christmas, the, the hope that's only found through Jesus Christ. We honor you. We honor your presence. We love you, Jesus. We make our home in you, God. Thank you. We bless your name. Thanks again for listening. If you want to join us on Sunday, we meet at Wilson Central High School at either 9 or 11 o'clock a.m. I'll look forward to seeing you there.